Now before our readings, a prayer for illumination. <clears throat> May these words <clears throat> enlighten us and help us on our way. Amen. A reading, a reading from Psalm 137, verses 1 through 6. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked us for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth, if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. The Gospel reading today is from Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray, that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray, that you may not come into the time of trial. Here ends the reading of the word. A prayer to begin. May we have a clear vision of the truth, faith in God's power, and confident assurance of God's love. Amen. There was a play many years ago authored by James Baldwin, and the title that was given was The Amen Corner. It's a play about a, a church. It's a hand-clapping, foot-stomping, amen kind of church. It's located in an abandoned 
store in Harlem, New York City. The white-robed pastor with the loud voice is Sister Beulah. Her teenage son, David, plays the piano for the rollicking beat of their singing. And they love to sing in this storefront meeting place in the black ghetto. But it wasn't all joy and praise the Lord in the Amen corner. Sister Beulah had left her unemployed alcoholic husband when she felt the call to take over the little church. And together with her son and her sister had moved into the living quarters at the rear of the building. In her pastor's role, she became a tyrant. In the sick society on the outside, she was of little importance. She really had no control, but within the context of her church, she could be the boss. She could demand purity, holiness, piety, and tell her people what they could do and what they could not do. She loved her people, but she had to be in charge. And at the same time, her people had a need to be told what to do, what to believe, by someone they could look up to. But then things began to fall apart. Beulah's husband comes back terminally ill. Son David, who confessed that he just can't feel the spirit anymore, leaves home. Then the congregation decides that it was, doesn't want Sister Beulah anymore. And so she seems to be losing everything, her husband, her son, her people. And she says to her sister, all these years I prayed as hard as I could. I tried to put my treasure in heaven where nothing could get at it. I asked the Lord to hold my hand, but there it is, just as if I hadn't gone anywhere in my whole life. It's an awful thing to think about, the way love never dies. And on Sunday morning, she says to her people, I come up here to put you children on your knees. But immediately she realizes that this tactic isn't working. So she quietly says, children, I'm just now finding out what it means to love the Lord. It ain't all in the singing and the shouting. It ain't even in running all over everybody trying to get to heaven. To love the Lord is to love all his children, all of them, and suffer with them and never count the cost. And so she turns and leaves. These thoughts 
are not original with me. They came from Dr. Bruce Neal, who gave me so many of the insights for this message that I'm sharing with you. And he reminds us that it's easy most of the time to know what it is to love and to be loved. But then comes the time, the downtime of sorrow, maybe of split-ups, losses. And we say with Sister Beulah, it's an awful thing to think about the way love never dies. It's love that comes into focus at the communion table. Love that never can be buried or destroyed. Love that never dies. In spite of all that happens to us, we still sense the cross and the communion table saying nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sister Beulah says to us, it ain't all in the singing and the shouting. Or in Paul's words, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Early in the concluding act of the play, Amen Corner, Sister Beulah becomes aware of what is wrong within herself. She asks her sister Odessa, do you know what amen means? Odessa replies, replies amen means amen. Beulah says, amen means thy will be done. Amen means so be it. I've been up all morning praying and I couldn't say amen. We can be up all morning praying and be occupied all afternoon, planning and busy all evening doing the church's work. But unless we can say thy will be done, so be it. We do what we do in vain. It's an awful thing to think about, the way love never dies. And to love the Lord is to love all his children and suffer with them and rejoice with them and never count the cost. Let our receiving of this sacrament of the Lord's Supper be our yes, our willingness to say amen. In the midst of all the twisted world's troubles, it's an awful thing to think about the way love 
never dies. And somewhere in the praying and in the singing, let there be our yes and our amen. Amen.